What's up, you guys? Welcome to the July 23rd edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to talk some trades. We got some mellow drama. We got some other stuff with the Hawks going on. Uh, Mello's still getting his money, uh, plus, plus the min deal. We'll talk about all that. Um, some minor trades and other, other notes from the weekend. If you do so, is Dr. A, Steve Alexander. What's up, man? Uh, not much, man. Uh, my kid's playing football this fall. He's back after a two-year hiatus. Nice. Uh, pl- playing some fall baseball on top of that. So we have practice every day of the week except Friday. So that's my one of my other full-time jobs. <laughs> and then uh, my Roto World draft guide just came in the mail day before yesterday. So I've been reading that. It's awesome magazines. Getting ready for some football too. Yeah, it's pretty much fancy football season. We've got guys in training camp. We saw Josh Gordon is uh, not at camp today, but Adam Schefter said that um, it's not because he had any issues. So that's good uh, for a guy who's had issues. Uh, so best of luck to him, I guess. Uh, but yeah, ch- uh, check out the like you said the NFL draft guide online. It's great. They update it all the time, just like we do. We're starting to put our NBA draft together, and then also check out our sponsor draft. Uh, so you can go to uh, the App Store and search Draft, Draft.com, either one. And it's like it's cool. They're only three bucks. You can actually play for free if you use our promo code RW. You get a deposit to play for free. Um, but yeah, like there's as little as three dollars. And what I'm what I suggest doing if you're big into fantasy football, if you spend like a thousand or even just a hundred or whatever, fifty bucks even, um, three bucks is like a practice round, and you could even win. So if if you don't win, you know, throwing out ten or so of those three dollar drafts. 30 bucks is a good investment to figure out how guys are going to actually draft. You can figure out where the buzz guys are going. Because if you do those free ones on ESPN, you're going to deal with a lot of shenanigans where people take kickers in the first round just to make everyone angry. It's so annoying. Or like, like I remember basketball, people would take like Kobe Bryant, who wasn't in the league at the time, and like just, it's like, why are you even just like doing that? Like, that's how you spend your time, just to ruin other people's drafts. But um, yeah. So yeah, check out our uh, promo code RW, and again, go to draft.com or search after for draft. Uh, okay, before we talk about some new stuff, just want to get your take on Kawhi really fast. Uh, Ryan and I went over it. We did. I have a, an article up on uh, Roto World. Check that out. Um, just to give you the quick nuts and bolts, uh, we don't like Kawhi in the top 15. We do love Lowry. We like JV. We like Serge. I like Siakam a bunch. I think Derek White's an interesting name. Um, I'm not in on Aldridge whatsoever. Um, I mean, I'm fine with DeMar in like the fifth round. It's pretty much reason to go. Rock solid, super durable. Uh, and then I like DeJounte Murray. Um, so any of Raptors and Spurs takes? Uh, I'm, I'm, um, I got burned pretty bad by Kawhi last year, so I'm skeptical of taking him this year. But, um, I think it all depends on the preseason and and training camp and and maybe the team USA tryouts and see seeing what happens there with him before I'm gonna say I'm not gonna touch him. So like, what, uh, where do you think he could top out? Like like what we were talking about. Ryan and I talked about this. Like I can't put him in the top ten. Like if he looks like a superb baller, I can't put him in the top ten. I can't put him in the top twelve really. Like at best, like he, like say everything's perfect in the off season, I can't take him above. above like 13 yeah that's what i was gonna say if he's there when i when my second round pick comes around and it looks like he's gonna play and he's good to go and things are going well in toronto um i i wouldn't mind starting out with like lebron and Kawhi as my the anchor of my team but 
he's going to have to look really good um, in the preseason stuff before I'm ready to do that. Yeah, like right now he's like 20, and then if everything's going well, he'll probably be like 16, 17. But I can't put him over like Jimmy Butler, who also has some issues, but I, I trust Jimmy Butler more than I trust Kawhi. Uh, yeah, Paul, Paul George is locked and loaded. Like he's in like like right now Kawhi's in like the Chris Paul area. But um Yeah. You can't and, take it like old he'll never pass Oladipo and stuff like that. Like Oladipo's gonna be ahead of him no matter how good Kawhi looks. Which is quite yes, crazy. Yes, I would say yes. Yeah. Uh, and then and, uh, um are you in on Lowry? So we love Lowry. Like I'm considering taking Lowry like top twenty five ish. I think he's gonna have a huge season. Um I hope he can stay healthy. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's no reason he should not have a good season. I'm a little concerned, uh, with DeLon Wright and Fred Van Vliet still there. Those guys are good players, man. And, it, uh, not that, not that they're going to steal Kyle Lowry's job, but I'm, I'm just a little nervous that coach is going to feel like he has to find time for those guys to play. Um, <laughs> it's, but yeah, I mean, Lowry's going to be a, almost an elite point guard, I think. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to see what Danny Green does uh, with a new with a new start, a fresh start in Toronto. Um, I'm not excited about drafting Danny Green. I'm not yeah. not going to have him on my target list, but it is going to be interesting to see if he can turn it around with his new digs. Um, uh, I think Serge is going to Serge is going to um, be okay. Uh, I think there's a decent chance he comes off the bench. I was reading something from uh, Raptors, or Raptors blog. I forget which one it was, but they. They're gonna start Siakam. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's like fifty-fifty that Siakam starts, and Serge has been okay playing center. Um, so if he could pull a reverse mellow, be like, oh, me come off the bench, like if he actually comes off the bench, I think it's good for him. And I, I would be interested in drafting him off the bench too, like because we know JB's not gonna play like thirty minutes. Like they don't have a backup center really right now. Bebe's gone. Obviously, Pirtles in uh, San Antonio, so they're gonna have to play him. And I, I'm in it. Like I, I said, I think Siakam could be tennis points and maybe a block steal and a three with some other goodies along the way. Like, you know, pretty solid percentages, decent free throw shooter, and um, yeah, some other stuff too. Boards. Yeah, and with Serge, you know, now if he is coming off the bench, and even if he's not, his values. His potential, you know, he, the, his perceived value has dropped so far. I think you, you'll be able to get him pretty late, and getting a guy who can hit a three and block a shot that late um, makes him a lot more attractive than when you when you had to burn a you know fifth round pick on him or, or whatever. So, uh, I, I with uh, with Tony Parker gone and Kawhi gone and Danny Green gone. I mean, I think Dejounte Murray has to have a good year. Um, kind of excited about him. Uh, and they're then Rudy, Rudy like they're going to play him off the ball a bunch, I think, this year. Yeah, he can play both spots. Um, and then Ru- Rudy Gay, without Kawhi there, and and not a lot of small forward options in San Antonio. If if Rudy Gay bounces back and is healthy and ready to go, um, I think he'd be, he'd be a good you know late middle round uh, steal maybe. Like hundred. Right, that's like a hundred. Right. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, Serge's blocks have dropped every single year since 2011-12. When he was he was a first round guy like uh, early in this decade, like three like he blocked 3.7 uh, shots per game in 2011-12. And I, I'm kind of with you on Lamarcus Aldridge too. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think there's any way he can be as good as he was last year. Yeah. Um, 
But I think I think he'll be good. He'll be he'll be solid. Um, I think he's probably going to be drafted too high in most leagues though. And then uh, I I would not touch Pau Gasol with a ten foot pole. Ten foot pow. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's talk about the trade here. Melo is finally gone. I expected to sign with Houston today. I'll get to that in a second. I do want to talk about the Hawks really fast because I think this team's going to be like I talked about this with Brooklyn a lot, and it's kind of similar. Like. They're going to play really fast. We saw them playing with a 16-second shot clock in summer league practice. They're a young team. They're thin. They're razor thin up front. They added Alex Land. But one guy in particular, like, if his fantasy value was a tangible object, like, it was, like you know, fantasy was an actual thing, you could, like, lure me into a cage with that. Like, I'm, I'm going to go after that thing. And it's Sean Collins. Uh, I'm in on him. He has really no backup. Uh, Omari Spellman looked pretty good in, in summer league, but... John Collins, he was going to get 30 minutes anyways. Now he's probably going to get like 34. Uh, he's stronger. He's hitting above the break threes. This guy could seriously be like 18 and 10 with a three uh, over a block, maybe a block and a half, a steal. Uh, I think there may be some assist numbers there too. Like this guy is just so set up for a team that's so young around him, just like he is. So uh, I'm fully in on John Collins. You took him in round six in our first one. And, like, he's probably approaching 50, maybe even higher. Uh, I just don't see how this guy lets us down. Uh, I've said that before. But uh, uh, I'm definitely all in on John Collins. Well, even if the Hawks didn't make any changes to their entire roster and, and, and didn't do one thing this offseason, uh, John Collins was going to be the man. Like, I was pretty fired up about him anyway. And like you said, he's out there on an island by himself now at Power Forward and and. The, all the minutes should be there. All the stats should be there. Like he, I'm with you, man. I think he's primed for a huge year. He's going to be at the top of. I mean, I don't. Need, I don't even know that you can call him a sleeper, but he's going to be at the top of that list one way or the other. Yeah, I don't see how he can can go past sixty now, um, given everything's gone. And I have all the faith in Lloyd Pierce. Uh, he's really, <laughs> I love that guy. Um, and then also, uh, you got to call Tareen Prince a winner here, too. I think Prince is going to play a good amount of four. We, he's a three-position player. Uh, we saw his ball handling really jump up late last year. He had a tremendous finish after everyone was so pissed at him uh, for dogging it for the first three quarters of the year. But, yeah, set up big. Uh, I think DeAndre Bembry, who I liked, I don't like him anymore. Uh, they had Justin Anderson. So, again, they're so thin up front. Um, we know Deadman can't play big minutes. Alex Lamb hit or miss. Talk about him in a second. But... Prince is another guy. I would take Collins first, but he's right there. Um, if you got your bigs early and you're sitting there around five or six, uh, I could see myself taking Prince. Well, and the future of that team is Prince and Collins and, and I guess Trey Young, mm-hmm. my, my nemesis. Uh, huh. The the Jeremy Lin grab was interesting. That's yeah. gonna that's gonna impact Trey some. Um, and some people think Jeremy Lin's a great fit for the Hawks and um, he's gonna have a good year. I think um, they're going to try to give Trey, Trey Young as many minutes as they can. So that'll be an interesting thing to watch. I could see those two playing uh, beside each other some, too. For sure. So, uh, I mean, Lynn's going to fall. This guy can't stay healthy, uh, unfortunately. But I'd take, like, post 100 if I need a point guard. Like, after, I mean, looking at starting point guards, he's one of the worst ones. Uh, I'm trying to think of a point guard who I wouldn't take ahead of him. Yeah, he'd be pretty much number 30 of my starting point guard ranks. Oh, uh, no, that's <laughs> not true. I take him ahead of Trey Burke, who I think is going to start. Or, and I take him ahead of Alfred Payton, too. So, But actually, I may take Brandon. I may take Brandon. Eh, no, I still take Lynn over Brandon Knight. So he's like 
point guard 26 or so. Yeah. Um, I'd probably take him over T.J. Augustine, too. <laughs> so I, I keep going through. I, I, I forgot to put together my list of the worst point guards in the NBA before this podcast. Right? Got it. Got it. I'm not prepared. <laughs> but I would take Trey Young ahead of him, too. Uh, again, if you're punting field goal percentage, I think Trey Young's going to be in the 30s for field goal percentage. He's going to be pretty brutal. Kent Bazemore should be interesting. I like Bazemore. Yeah, he's gonna have to rest late though. That's the problem. He's gonna sit out late in the season. Yeah, but, but, uh, but Justin I Anderson, see, I it, see him having a bounce back. I could see Justin Anderson being like uh, maybe a guy we talk about for DFS at times. I think he's gonna make the rotation. I had, I think he's in February. Yeah, DFS. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Anything else you want to add on the Hawks? Uh, Alex Lynn. Oh yeah. yeah. Interesting get for them. Uh, they need a center. Um, I could see him starting over Dwayne Dedman, starting at center for that team. Uh, but he's, he's still Alex Lynn. It's going to be the same old stuff. Yeah. Super I, late center. Yeah, exactly. Like if you miss your center boat, then definitely grab him late. I think he has upside. A guy who can produce with around 23, 24 minutes. I think he's going to have a good chance at that. And yeah, John Collins is going to play some five as well. So okay, moving to OKC, obviously Melo's gone, which we kind of saw the whole way. I guess the biggest winner would be Jeremy Grant, who's probably going to start now. They also picked up Timothy Lawawu Cabarro. He's now chasing waterfalls in OKC. Um, Schroeder's a backup. Obviously, he gets gashed with fantasy value. He's pretty much dead now. Um, and I guess Stephen Adams, who I like, I think I'm interested in him. Paul George is pretty much locked in as a top fifteen guy. And been super durable besides the late break, so I don't really see yeah, it. Paul, uh, Luwawu playing behind Paul George is hurts him because um, Paul George is going to get all the minutes. Yeah, he's pretty much just a, he's going to be in the rotation though. Like he had no chance of make, making the rotation in Philly when they added Zaire Smith and uh, all those guys. We'll talk about Philly in a sec. And you and the Jeremy Grant call, man. I mean, Jeremy Grant was super intriguing to me last year. Um, when he got to play, he, he, he played well. He didn't blow anybody's socks off usually, but um, him starting for OKC, he, he's, he's going to be on, uh, on the sleeper list as well. Absolutely. Uh, guy can block shots, and he can hit threes now. Uh, probably not going to be dynamite. Uh, I think he was probably a little lofty, especially if he shoots more threes. Um, he may have a tough time hitting 54%, but he's going to be close to 50% from the field. And if you got a guy shooting 50%, he's not going to take a lot of free throws, I don't think. He may. He's actually pretty aggressive on like one dribble drives and getting to the basket. So he may hurt you a little bit there. But I think he's got 1.3 blocks. Uh, that alone puts you uh, in value town. Um, he's probably going to get around five boards. You know, If he gets 23, 24, 25 minutes, I think he's got a shot to have some value. And there may be some offense for him because, uh, I mean, they're pretty empty besides their top two dogs who Westbrook's going to probably lead the league in usage rate. Um, and then Paul George will probably be close to 30, so, I mean, but still, even if he's like 17th in usage rate, he should be uh, somewhat productive on offense. What do you think, like 8th, ninth round? Uh, I could probably get him later, I think. Yeah. I think you could probably get him at like 11th, 12th, but I'm interested for sure, just because if you miss out on shot blocks, like he's, like if I missed out on, shot, uh, on blocks, then I could see myself taking him like ninth. I yeah, I could see Grant. I could see Grant having a good preseason and and becoming. I could see there being some hype around him yeah. by the time the season gets here. Yeah. All right, so just just really quickly, they're pretty thin on the wing now. Um, they had a little bit of a surplus, and they're thinning out. But they're talking them adding Kyle Korver. But for now, um, obviously Robert Covington said I think Forkan Korkmaz is going to be in the rotation now. 
um, with those guys gone. I think picking up Mescal was a really nice way to um, get back what they lost from the Mani Bielitsa, who's in Sacramento now. I'll talk about him in a second. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, it kind of is what it is. Like, you're going to... Oh, the starting five is going to have value. Um, I uh, Are we going to take Fultz? He's going to play a lot of way, I think. He's having, apparently, the best offseason ever with Drew Hamlin. Like, he's just saying he's been great. I mean, if I take Fultz, it's going to be it's going to be late. Like, I'm probably going to sleep on him until he's gone. Yeah. I probably will not end up with him on very many teams. But, you know, he, he was <laughs> he was the number one pick. He, he's, he's got talent, obviously, but... Last year was just so weird and shot and everything. I don't know, man. I, I, I have a feeling Markel Fultz was not going to be on any of my teams. Yeah, I don't think so either. But uh, definitely got to keep an eye on him. I'd love to see him just like ball in preseason. But I think, I mean, we're going to watch him. But um, yeah, it's kind of that. Uh, Suns, they um, are picked up Rashawn Holmes. They basically got basically swapped out Dudley for Holmes. Um, I'm interested, man. Uh, there was some talk of Chandler being bought out. Doesn't sound like it's going to happen, but I think Chandler may be out of the rotation, man. Uh, I think Holmes is a fantastic fit on the Suns. Uh, rim runner, kind of shot blocker guy. We've, we've seen Holmes, what, two post-break two years ago. He was like the pickup of the year um, with the impact he made. He's like third round in the last month and a half of the season or something. Um, so I'm interested there. They're going to probably start a reason at Josh Jackson next, next to each other. So um, and He's I'm like the... Holmes is like the the meat of a sandwich. He's sandwiched in between a rookie who's never played an NBA game and a guy who's old enough to be his dad uh, that's played a thousand NBA games. So Holmes, uh, if Aton struggles or gets hurt, I think Holmes is going to be the guy. And what do we think about like? Are we we're out on Chris and Bender, right? I'm not sorry. I shouldn't say his name. But like, are we, I'm not in touch with that guy. I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'll throw this at you too. Like Ariza, obviously, uh, from the surface, we're like, yeah, he's going to probably sit late because the Suns are rebuilding. And I mentioned this. What if they trade him at the deadline? Like, what if they trade him to a contender and gets minutes there? I think. So I'm. I'm fine with Ariza. It's kind of a quick tangent. Yeah, yeah, late, um, yeah, late too. Yeah, Trevor Ariza can play. I mean, he's going to be a leader on that young team. Do you, Do you buy my? He could get traded somewhere where he could have value. Story or no? Yeah, yeah, it's possible. I mean, he, by the time the Suns are good, he's going he's gonna to be winding it down. So I, I can see him getting traded for sure. All right. Um, we didn't really Sun, Suns things. are kind of messy, though, man. Other than Booker, uh, I don't like Brandon Knight. And then you got Josh Jackson and TJ Warren kind of kind of hurting each other, I think. Two, two heads in one, one place. You got Marquise Chris and Dragon Bender. You got all those centers. I mean, it's it. Other than Booker, man, I, I don't know that I really want to mess with the Suns. Um, I'm in on Aiton. I think he's a fine pick, like round four, round five. He's gonna play a ton. Hey, he's gonna play a ton. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, um, I like a Kobo, whatnot for like fantasy value, but I think Brandon that they want to trade Brandon Knight, and he still has what two years left in that five year, seventy million dollar deal, which just looks so so bad right now. But, um, yeah, I thought Kobo looked super impressive in Summer League. So, if Knight gets hurt, uh, I could see him being um, impactful. Not a guy you're going to really rely on, but I could see him being a pickup at some point. Um, yeah, I don't know about Josh Jackson. Uh, it's kind of tough. When we did our mock, uh, we had a homer take him super early. So, like, we really don't know what the feels are for him. 
But um, yeah, and I think Mikel Bridges is going to play a lot of four too. So like, I'm out on their power forward besides Ariza. Like I'm not touching anybody else there. Um, and then yeah, you can't really take Warren. Warren get me a traded. Who's on a pretty decent deal. So anything else on that one? Nope. Um, Jared Dudley going to play a backup four. Sounds like he wants to stay there. Um, does this affect Rondé or anybody like that? Um, I, I'm not sure. I, I thought there was t- Dudley buyout talk, but now yeah. it sounds like now it sounds like that may not be happening. Yeah. Um, the Nets love their buyouts, man. When, I, it sounds like they're going to keep Fareed too, but they already got rid of Arthur, and he gets them to get bought out in that Phoenix deal. I mean, to me, Jared Dudley's a locker room guy. Yeah. Uh, he's 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 the old sage, uh, you know. RHJ, it's gonna be Rondé Rondé's show. Uh, Dudley will be a rotation player for them. Yeah, he'll probably fit in sometimes. Uh, especially, well, I could see Rondé getting hurt. Like if it's if they're down like eight or nine in the fourth, I could see Dudley closing over him because we know Rondé's yeah, not the strongest shooter. He but, plays decent defense. Yeah, I think it, I think it hurts him probably about around. Like, I would have been there on Rondé probably like 7, 8, 9. Now it's probably like 8, 9, 10. Maybe. And maybe still 7. I would still. Eh, yeah. Probably, I don't think I could take him above 8. So. I'm just I'm just ready for the Jared Allen show, man. Dude. I know. Um, um, how, oh, okay. So how about. this? Is, I was thinking about this over the weekend. You know what I'm going to say? No. It's a, it's a who would you rather own. One guy we talked about a lot. And then Allen. John Collins Dude, count- or Allen. John Collins or Allen. Uh, given the fact that Allen has got Ed Davis and Kenneth Fareed sitting there with him, and John Collins has nobody, I'm gonna I'm just, I'm gonna go Collins. I think I would too. It's so so close though, because I think Allen could be two and a half block shots plus good field, field goal percentage plus good free throw percentage. Like, whoa, it's tasty. I can't. It's a delicious morsel of fancy goodness. I want some of that. <laughs> I would also be lured into a cage with Jared Allen's uh, fantasy value. Yeah, I want both of them. <laughs> oh, I want them both bad. Like, if you're picking early, like, imagine picking early and going, if you pick first and you get Anthony Davis and then you come back in round two, three, and then pick up a couple wings or a point guard, uh, even, eh, like, say, okay, so hypothetically, say you go Anthony Davis, I Kyle guess Lowry. Kemba, I don't know if I would take Kyle Lowry. I could see myself, though. But, um, like, Kemba and maybe Chris, uh, Chris Paul Falls. Like, how sick would that be if you went Anthony Davis, Kemba, Chris Paul, Jared Allen, John Collins? Like, oh, that's a hell of a start to a draft. Yep. I'd be so pumped for that. And uh, I think it's doable. For sure. That's definitely doable. I think the only one a reach would be CP3 falling to 24. That's not a reach. He went, to, he went 23rd, I think, in the mock we just did. So. Yeah, this is this is one of those years where having the first pick is, is not a bad thing. Like, yeah, it never is. I've always end on the first pick. It never is, but it sometimes that wait on the way back down just takes forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I to get Anthony Davis and then and then have back to back picks of whoever you want that's left is pretty pretty fun. Yeah, and I always yeah. say like you pick first in round one, you pick first in round three, you pick first like that's good. Like the picking first in round three versus picking last in round three is a big difference. So a lot of sliding value there. So yep. I've always had issues with snake drafts for that reason. Like, cause like you have such you, you pick earlier for all you pick first and all the even odd rounds. Excuse me. Yep. That's what like, but 
Auction sticks so long though. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I want to, I love doing mock auctions, but it's just such a, it's such an investment for time. It's just like a mock. Yeah, no matter how, no, no matter how disciplined I try to be, I spend all my money on three studs and feel like with my superior fantasy basketball knowledge, I can, I can make up the difference with with nine scrubs. But it's not; it's easier said than done. I have the best sleepers. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right, a couple other things. Um, kind of, I noticed the Nick, and actually, shout out to a follower who tipped me on this. Um, that Batum is gonna probably start at small forward. So that means two things. One, obviously, you weren't drafting Michael Kidd, Gil, Chris, regardless. But who starts at the two? Um, do you think? I think it's probably Jeremy Lamb early. I think they want to bring Malik Monk off the bench to be a higher usage guy. And then again, like we said a couple times, Cupcheck has said that, or reportedly said that making Malik Monk good is like a top priority for who they hired. Borrego called him a major player. Um, obviously, he was like dead last for points per possession last year among like guys with 50 possessions like 300 something guys but um what, what do you make of this like and are you in on Batum I know Ryan loves Batum uh I've always been a Batum guy even even when he wasn't doing so well but yeah I mean it looks like it's setting up pretty nice for him I think I think he's gonna be pretty good at small forward for for Charlotte so uh I like Batum and I think his his Name recognition and and name value has has fallen, so he he should be able to get him, you know, more realistically where he should go. And he's he's one of those mini Kawhi Leonard guys that does a little bit of everything, and uh, I, I like him. He's Six gonna, yeah, he's gonna hurt you in field goal percentage, but after that, like, I love to see his blocks come up a little bit, but I think he could get back in the you know the one one and maybe two. Uh, we saw him be basically almost a one one and two guy earlier in his career. Um, that's blocks, steals, and threes in that order. Um, so yeah, I mean he he did not shoot the ball well. He's hasn't really been a great three point shooter overall. It's been mostly volume. Like it looked like he was gonna be a forty percent guy earlier in his career, but it's really tailed off since he went to Charlotte. But um, yeah, I'm down uh, again. If you're punting field goal percentage, which I have said for the past couple of years, and I haven't been able to pull it off. Um, that's a viable strategy, though. Like getting guys who pump field goal percentage and just and this is head to head, not uh, roto. Um, I'm down. There's a lot of guys that I like, but I think they're going to kill you in field goal percentage. Is Willie Hernan Gomez a sleeper? Yes, I think so. I think that Cody Zeller. Yeah, I don't think Cody Zeller is going to really hold it. Plus, he has trouble staying healthy. We know Biombo can't play 30 minutes, even really 20 minutes. I don't think. Uh, I don't really get that move, but that's neither here nor there. But uh, yeah, I think he's definitely taking him. Uh, he's pretty much you, – you could waste a pick, but I'm fine wasting pick 145 or whatever. Like, just pick somebody yeah. else up. Yep. Cool. Um, and then lastly, uh, Zach Levine had an interview with Vincent Goodwill over the weekend that was put out over the weekend. Um, saying he wants to be the top option. He had almost a 30 usage rate, but he was only 35th percentile scorer. Uh, he had a pretty bad year last year uh, coming off an injury, though, so – uh, we loved Levine uh, before his ACL tear. He was pretty pretty awesome offensively. He really blew up as a three-point shooter guy. So, interest on Zach Levine? Uh, a lot more than I had last year. If you remember last year, I was like, I do not want to – I don't want anything to do with him even when he comes back. He's going to miss games, yada, yada, yada. Yep. Um, you, and I, looked, you and I both loved Levine two years ago. We both hated him last year. Yeah, and I, I'm kind of I'm back on the on the wagon with him, man. If he's if he's good, if he's healthy and ready to go, he's he's a great offensive player, and you know that's that's the bread and butter of fantasy. So, um, 
I like Levine, man, especially if he's got that mentality. Like, I'm going to be the guy. There's no Jimmy Butler anymore. There's really no – there's really not a – you look at this Bulls roster. If you're a casual NBA fan, like, if you checked out for the last couple of years and you just come back in, you look at this roster, there's a decent chance you haven't heard of one player on this team. Like, Bobby Portis, David Nwaba, uh, Jabari. They got Jabari, yeah, but they- – yeah, they Jabari's gonna put. Like I said, DFS. If we do more DFS pods, like we're gonna say start wings against the Bulls. Like that's definitely a thing. Like yeah. Levine, and, Levine and Jabari on the perimeter. Oh, like that's just that's that would also lower me into a cage. Um, <laughs> that, um, but um, yeah, but no, I mean, two years ago Levine was nineteen points, forty six percent from the field, eighty four percent from the line, three assists, three boards, almost a steal game. 2.63s, like, he was awesome. He was, he was top 50 for sure. Like, you're going to get him late. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm in. Uh, and I don't know when I could pounce, but around 75, that feels fair. Yeah, I was going to say, he feels like a sixth-round guy. Yeah. And it hurts Justin Holiday. Justin Holiday's going to be toast. He's done, yeah. It's pretty much – I think there's value to be had in Chicago – like I like marketing. Uh, I like I love Wendell Carter Jr. Do you like him? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. I love him. I would probably I would take him over Levine. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. But um, yeah, I think they're gonna get rid of Robin Lopez at some point. Like I think that's definitely a good plan for how polished Wendell Carter looked. Like he looks like he's gonna be a player. Are we on Chris Dunn at all or no? I'm kind of uh, yeah, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Uh, campaign has never gotten it done. Chris Dunn. Is there for a reason? He's he's gonna start. I I uh yeah like twenty twentieth point guard. Yeah, and I put him ahead of Lynn. If we're gonna go back on that. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Anything else you want to add? Oh, we didn't talk about Carmelo. Oh, Carmelo. He went I think second to last round, so like one seventy or something. Like ah, so that uh, so let's talk about this rotation really quick to end on this. So he's. Is he gonna? Would he come off? He should come off the bench. Uh, I find them. I would start CP3, Harden, Ennis, PJ Tucker, Capella. That's what I would run out there for my starting five. Um, are they gonna start Ennis? I think so. Over Carmelo? I uh, I don't think Melo wants that. But maybe they start him over PJ Tucker and then kind of put what Tucker Tucker as a combo four five. And again, we're, I mean, assuming, we're assuming Capella comes back for now. For a team that that is supposed to vie for a championship it's interesting to me that their small forward options are Enos and Gerald Green and their power forward options are PJ Tucker and Ryan Anderson I mean that that's that's not great um so you throw Mello Mello's gonna play probably both both forward spots and probably play decent minutes for them um but I think the chances of Houston winning it all now are probably zero because I am of the belief that a team with Carmelo Anthony as a moving piece uh, does not win. It's and a bad pickup. I'm just not a Melo guy at all. And, you know, go to Houston and and, and sit on the ball and, and take it away from, from Harden and Chris Paul and Capella and, and do your thing, Melo. We thought he was going to be that kind of a player last year where he can be more catch and shoot, and he did not work. Um, and they're kind of trying to do the same thing. Hopefully with just different system, different players around him. 
And like it's not like him and Mike D'Antoni got along. So I'm not. I don't know. I don't really get. It. I saw something um, for like a stat pro- projection off like computers and stuff um, that actually lowered their odds um, to win the title <laughs> when they added Carmelo. That's um, what I just said. Yeah, I, agree. I totally agree. And so I don't think their chances are zero. I don't really believe that, but I think uh, it's it's hard for a team with Melo on it to win. Can they? Uh, are they still number two? Like, I don't think they are, man. I don't know. But uh, like they probably are horses, this but, year. Yeah. But when Kawhi becomes a Laker next year, uh, there's going to be a new number two. I don't know. I I think I wouldn't be surprised if Utah is ahead of them. No, Boston. Boston's right there too. Well, not just for the West though. Like I think. I, yeah. think, I would probably. I don't know if it's a hot. Is that a hot take to say I think Utah finishes second? I'd say that's that's at least. Uh, it's at least a warm pick. They were, they were one. They were what second best, first or second or third best team after the break last year. Like they couldn't, they went on those multiple winning streaks. Like they're, they're legit. And I don't see they haven't gotten any worse. I'm like, I'm like the Rockets who've gotten, like losing Bob Mute and Ariza. That's huge. Like I feel like I'm, that's that's bad. Like that's the big. That's the biggest probably takeaway of the contenders. I mean, like that's what I. Movies. That's how I feel too, man. Yeah. Like. They they got worse. Yeah. And now they think Melo's gonna come in and save the day, but Melo Melo Melo's not that guy. Yeah. Um and I, I don't know. I mean are the are the Thunder where where do you rank where do you rank the West? Like Alright, let's okay. do this real quick. Uh so obviously Golden State's one. I'll be hot take McGee and take Utah two. I mean these Harden's amazing. Chris Paul's awesome. Uh, so I guess I'd probably put them three. Then I guess I go to New Orleans. I think New Orleans is gonna have a pretty good year. I love AD. Gotta stay healthy. Uh, I'll go Denver after that. Where am I at? Five or six. And then let's go. Oh, I didn't put the Lakers in there. Put the Lakers ahead of the Thunder. And then who else do I got left? Portland. Yeah, Portland. Seven or eight for Portland. And oh man, I guess I don't know if I think San Antonio's making the playoffs. I guess they got to. So that would put the Clippers out and the Wolves. Out, yeah. I guess I would put the wolves out. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, I think I think I think you got to have the Spurs not making the playoffs. Jeez, I don't know. It's pretty much it's pretty much the same as last year, but the Lakers are going to be in, and then so you got to take two teams out. Like you got to take out either the Spurs, the Wolves, or the Blazers. I guess. I think Minnesota's going to make it over Denver. Really. I, I think them. Lakers are in instead of Spurs. I'm leaving everybody else in there. Okay. Uh, the East is a little. East is going to be the reverse. It's so thin. <laughs> who, who do you think wins the East? Real quick, went on that. Like, do you think Boston? I guess. I'm going to go Boston, and then uh, Sixers and Raptors will be be in there. Yeah. The Heat, the, the Pacers would probably be right there too. Yeah, I think that's kind of the chalk way to go. Alright, so we're out of here on that. You guys enjoy your week. We'll be back Thursday. I don't know what we're going to talk about Thursday. Something will probably go down. But, uh, so you guys enjoy your week, and thanks for coming out, Steve. Alright, thanks, man.